Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And finally, as we move forward into into how you and I connect as the body of Christ and we deal with a with a world that's broken and hurting and in need and we need the Jesus filter or we'll end up responding not remotely in the right way. And we've looked at all sorts of things. We've looked at hurt. We've looked at just the noise of life last week. We've looked at all different things. And today we're going to look at this concept that the way you see yourself and the way you connect with others has, has been built in one way or another by a lot of the things and the words that people have spoken to you and that you have embraced and that you have owned. Let's go ahead and let's look at Romans 12 too. We've looked at this every time because this reminds us that these filters need to be shifted and changed. Paul tells the, Roman, <clears throat> the believers in Rome, says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what we embrace. That's what we desire. As soon as we say yes to, to Jesus, we have the, the Holy Spirit in, uh, uh, living within us and growing. And the Holy Spirit's role is to help change the way we think, renew our minds. Our minds are, are broken and, and, and tinted by life experience and all sorts of things. And so he's renewing our minds. He's changing those filters. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing, his perfect will. His perfect will. Without our minds being renewed, we can't even be able to have a shot at determining what God's will for us is. We can sit there on the outside and look at circumstance and look at all of these different things. And if we don't let our minds be renewed, we can see some of the tragedies in our lives as God being against us. We can, we can see some of the different things that the way people have dealt with us is, is somehow that our value is less. Or, or, or we can look at things and say, well, guess what? Um, you're kind of alone in this world and you've got to take care of yourself. And you begin to build a very independent paradigm for life. And we were created to be in relationship we were created and one of the first things i want us to go ahead and grab a hold of as we as we connect this morning is this simple phrase that words have power they just do all of us in this room at one point or another have been impacted by someone speaking life into you and telling you something something great and something powerful and that and that that God is on your side or that you have an incredible talent or, or something of that nature. And we've also had seen the impact of someone coming in and saying something destructive and something that tears down and something that is incredibly, incredibly hurtful. And it really is amazing the power that words have and where they really gain power in our lives is whether or not you and I choose to own those, whether or not we're going to embrace and call that the truth or we're not. Proverbs 18, 21 says the power, <clears throat> the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. It's so important 
that if we recognize that, that how we speak to each other, how we respond to words spoken to us, have this amazing effect on our lives. My pastor, John Holler, loves to tell a story. And um, if you don't know Pastor John, I, I've, we've never put a guitar in his hands um, whenever he is up here. But John Holler is an amazing guitar player. I mean, he can just rip up and down a guitar. I mean, he, he's a great preacher and leader and mentor, but the man can just flat rip it on a guitar. And uh, there at CFNI, where he's the, the, the executive director, those, uh, been the, the CFNI is known for its music, and those guys just loved for him to get a hold of a guitar and just jam with them and, and play with them. And <clears throat> he tells a story about why he began to pursue the guitar. And Pastor John's from southern Oklahoma, and so he proudly admits he's a he's an Okie and get into that good old bluegrass type music. He appreciates a good banjo and uh, mandolin and all that good stuff. And that there in his hometown of Thackerville, Oklahoma, that they would get together and they would just have these these pickings where the people would just get together and play their guitars and pick. And and he he had a, a little cheap guitar from Montgomery Wards. And so everybody over the age of 30 doesn't even know what Montgomery Wards is. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being generous with that. Maybe a little older than that. Um, but uh, think of kind of like uh, maybe like a Sears that back in the day. And so it just kind of sold a little bit of everything. So I had just this generic guitar. And he sits down, and there's this man who was the best guitar player for, for uh, counties around. And he was sitting there playing, and, and Pastor John, as a, as a little guy, is sitting there, and he's just strumming along, strumming along. And there's multiple people there, and there's lots of, lots of, uh, lots of guitar players and lots of people. And this guy stops in the middle of his guitar playing and looks down and says one thing to John Holler. And he says, son, you have perfect timing. And then goes back to, go back to his playing. And man, this man, this guy who stopped everything and said one positive thing, put this kernel of hope and this kernel of that, that he has this, had this ability. He wasn't playing the right chords. He wasn't doing everything. He had one thing happening. He had things happening over here on this hand, whether or not he had everything happening on this hand. And the guy spoke life into that one hand, that one place. And things just began to grow in his life from there, I thank God that I grew up in a family that would just encourage you. I mean, just absolutely encourage you. I mean, uh, my parents were very, very encouraging. I grew up hearing all the time that I was smart. Sometimes it was, Brandon, you're smart. Why'd you do that dumb thing? But it, <laughs> it, it was still couched in the truth that, that, I, that I was smart. And then my grandmother, my, my meemaw, uh, man, I tell you what, I, I could sit there and sit there and come over here and give her a back rub. She's like, oh, you're amazing. You need to be a doctor. I mean, I just, you know, sit there and do this. I could na nail two boards together all sideways and crooked. Oh, you need to build skyscrapers. You're going to be amazing. <laughs> and uh, so I just grew up in that kind of en encouraging environment. And sadly, some of you did not. Some of you did not have that, and the kind words and the encouragement were very, very, very rare and, and, and far between. And what I want you to do is I want you to understand the power of these 
we're going to walk across something so that we can do something powerful in return if there's any deposit that has been placed in you that does not belong there. Let's go ahead and look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, starting at the very beginning. Crack open your Bible. You start here. We're starting at the very beginning. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God is the creator. He's the author. He's the one that got all of this rolling. Now the earth was formless and empty. I love how the scriptures put this, that here's the earth, but it was formless. How do you even know what an earth is that doesn't have a form? I don't know. I don't know. But here is this eventual outcome, and this is talking about it's before it actually knew, existed the way we know it, that there was some other existence of the earth that had no form the way we understand the form. So here was this earth that existed in the heart of God, that existed in the future, that existed on us with us today, but it was formless and it was empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. You know, we would think, what so many times we think we, we, that there would be like some God clapped his hands. God snapped his fingers. God did some little shapow, some little thing, and there would be light. But here we have the God of the universe spoke. He spoke from the very beginning of Scripture. We should have it concreted in our hearts that, that the words have this creative power to unleash what may not already be there, that there's some destiny for it that's down the road, but it's not been realized yet. John Holler had obviously had a great guitar player living on the inside of him. I've tried to play guitar. There's no, there's no guitar player hiding in the inside of Brandon Clark. I've tried to harvest him, force him in there, do something. I, my, my fingers don't even work right. When I go to bend, they all, they all bend in. If that's a chord, I can play that. I can't do anything else. It's just things are just, I, I'm not that. And you, my timing is bad. Nobody wants me clapping. <laughs> I just destroy whatever rhythm is going. And so, but that's not my, that's not my thing. That's, that's not my thing. Praise God, years down the road, a man who understood the power of this creative thing that I could go to John Holler, had no real relationship with him and say, Pastor John, my name is Brandon Clark, and I understand you're teaching people how to preach, and I feel like God's called me to be a pastor. And he didn't really know me other than just a face that he had seen a number of times in the church. And I, I said, would you teach me how to preach? So he takes me in, and I sit in his office and begins to teach me the basics of homiletics that I teach to our uh, school of ministry. And I begin to, he begins to teach me these things, and I have to step up and I have to preach to John Holler, who was an amazing preacher, in his office to just preach to him and another guy and just act like the room's full. And that was so intimidating. And I went over it and went over it. And man, when it was over, he pulled me aside. And our relationship was still very, very fresh. And he said, Brandon Clark, I, I think you could be 
an amazing, an amazing communicator, an amazing preacher. And praise God, I'm still trying to pursue that and get there one day. But that has given me the courage to begin to step out and to do something that was incredibly intimidating and and incredibly. I wasn't some guy that won speech and debate and did all of these uh, stuff in high school. It wasn't my trajectory. Sitting there speaking to people and doing those different things, that wasn't my trajectory. But as God began to come in and somebody began to speak life into that, it began to change everything. So when we understand that power of, the, of words and these different things have things, well, guess what? This other side of it has issues as well. James is speaking to believers there in James chapter 3. We're going to pick up in verse 5. It says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And it itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. So does that mean it's hopeless? No. That means we can't try to rely on simply ourselves. It means we're going to have to rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit to begin to speak the God kind of words and to begin to connect and respond to the creative power. Not just some weird, spooky, super spiritual thing, but this place where we're made in the image of God. And as the Bible says, as we believe in our heart, so our mouth will speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth brings things forth. It reveals what we really believe and who we, what we really think to be true. And it is so incredibly vital that we're conscious of that. It says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. We can sit here and come together and worship, and that's a great thing. But we need to be conscious that as we deal with one another, loving our neighbor like we love ourselves, that we begin to be aware and speak life over one another. He goes on to say that out of the same mouth come praising and cursing brothers and sisters. This should not be. See, the words of others can create a filter that tints how we see life, and we must go We must let go of those and embrace what God has said about us. Proverbs 15.4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Some of you are here this morning, and there's a part of your spirit that's crushed. Because someone has said something incredibly hurtful. Something that doesn't line up with what God has said at all. And it has found its way and rooted in to your heart. And somehow you have owned it. It does not have to be that way. You don't have to live in a crushed spirit. It doesn't matter what place of authority this person had. It doesn't matter if somehow you can look at it. You can say, you know what? I see how they can come to that conclusion. Them saying that is pretty much my fault. Because I pretty much am that. 
We have to make sure we don't let that come in. I love the way the message translation puts this. It just puts it so bluntly. Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. They do. We understand this, and, and we try to help our little ones to be able to get over it and not have to face these things. And, and we even have these little sayings of, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. And the whole time we're telling our children that, we know that's a lie. But it's because some of the most hurtful, deep wounds we still carry, that the sticks and stones may break our bones, and those wounds mend and heal sometimes long before that thing that has been seeded into the heart and has wounded the spirit. Now, having our, our seven children that uh, Cutie and I have get to have and raise, well, obviously we got to name seven kids. Well, we would come up with names and throw things out. And there were times uh, Cutie did not enjoy my part of the process because she would throw out a name and I would immediately begin to try to figure out how to make fun of it. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't our kid's name yet. Because guess what? I knew it was going to happen. I knew that it was going to happen. So there were some names that come up and I was like, nope. Nope, that isn't, we're not naming our kid that because this, this, and this, and this. And so as we went through, that was always part of the process. Why? Because I knew that kids can be mean and they can be hurtful. And if there's a place that I can maybe cut something off at the past, then I was going to use what authority I had to, to kind of cut that off. And, and so, but we are conscious that we don't want that. But here is an amazing truth that I want us to embrace today, that I want us to embrace right now. I want the band to go ahead and come up here as I read Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's an amazingly powerful truth in and of itself. But I want us to look at the way that the rest of this goes. It says, In every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. It's speaking to you. It's speaking to you. That every tongue that comes up and tries to lay some label and try to, to put something on you, you can turn it loose. You can condemn it. You say, It has no authority. It has no weight. It has no place. I'm not going to own that at all. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. This is what was God's plan all along. This is prophetically talking about what Jesus would do. When Isaiah is speaking this, Jesus hasn't even come along and brought forth the righteousness, and they're reaching forward to what Jesus was going to accomplish. And so this morning, if you've got your handy little phone device, I want to give you an opportunity to do something while our band is playing an amazing song that just, that just brings this truth back into our hearts again. And the slide should be coming up on the screen right now. And if you can narrow it down to a word, a word, this is anonymous. 
We've got this running through a back channel. We can't even hunt down and see who says what. This is completely anonymous. But I want to give you an opportunity to condemn something that has been said about you. I want you to be able to cast it away and get rid of it. And you can text that to this number that's on the screen, this 304-449-6737. Again, it's a back channel. We don't have any way to track it. And just as this goes, if there's something here, there's anything hiding, lurking in the back of your mind, crushing your spirit, mm -hmm. keeping you stopped in some area of your life. Maybe you're sitting here and going, Brandon, it's, I'm good. I'm good. We're wonderful. But what I want us to do is use this song as a place to just go before God and say, God, I simply want to own what you say about me and nothing else. And nothing else. Just what you say about me. And if there's any place where something is hanging out in the back of my mind, reveal it and just get rid of it. God's mercy really does triumph over judgment. We praise God that God's mercy really does triumph over judgment. As we close, I want to just send you home with some scriptures to just for you to own. This is what God's word has to say about you. Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Before that moment we read about in Genesis 1, he has chosen you to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, Brandon, I don't feel blameless. It doesn't matter. God has declared you that. He has made you that in Christ. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did re receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's none at all. He took it all. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, therefore, since you are in Christ, the, <clears throat> the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Our bottom line today is let what God has to say about you be the lens for you seeing life. Folks, looking through the lens of Jesus is the only way that we're going to see life clearly. Lots of folks have lots of opinions about a lot of things. You have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. But we're never going to get to the breakthrough and begin to live in the fullness of who we are in Christ if we don't first embrace 
that what he has to say about us trumps everything else. It goes beyond everything else. Everything. Everything. I want to just pray over us. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this moment. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, us being released from the places, Lord, where where things that were said, Lord, were just planted too deep. Began to tint how we saw ourselves and how we saw life and how we saw you. Lord, we don't want that lens anymore. We don't want the lens of other people's opinions to come in. Lord, we understand that you're the only one that sees the true us. You're the only one that understands us fully, and therefore we're going to choose to let you define us. Lord, I pray for everyone here who just released something this morning that it's dealt with. I thank you, Lord, it's sealed by the power of your Holy Spirit, and there's breakthrough this morning and release. And Lord, I thank you that we can go out of here not with a weight on our shoulders of having to watch every little thing we say, but we go through looking for ways to partner with you with what we say about each other. That we're sensitive to your Holy Spirit and let your words flow out of our mouths, Heavenly Father, redirecting destinies and life and bringing health and healing. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and stand. If there's anybody here that needs any extra prayer, we've got the Hernandezes over here, and we're going to have somebody over here. And so, and uh, obviously nobody in T9 today. And uh, we appreciate y'all squeezing in and making this happen. Lord, I just call us blessed as we go out of here today. We go out of here encouraged because you, Lord, your mercy, it triumphs over judgment and it redefines everything. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. School of Ministry is tonight.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.